Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of your favourite fan-led sports podcast with myself, your gracious host, Cal Sirius, your ally when it comes to this fan-led football content. And as always, I am alongside my gracious host, man like... Ash, what's happening? What's up, Ashish? Yeah, I'm cool. Ashish, what's going on there, bro? <laughs> I think I'm relaxed. Yeah, I'm cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just put a little, uh, a little urban flair in it, you know. Urban flair, Ashish, you know. Yeah, why not? Why not? I'm saying, bless you. <laughs> um, had a good week so far. Yeah, it's been a dope week, so I'm not gonna lie. Um, so yeah, 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 it's been good. Yeah, yeah, I've had a good week myself. Um, football Same. fans, I'm sure they've had a really good week because uh, we've had some interesting news and some interesting gossip. Oh, we don't really do gossip on this podcast, but there's a lot of that flying around regarding transfers and stuff. Um, but then there's also been some really important football matches um, as we close the end of the footballing calendar. Um, so we're going to talk about those a bit later. Um but I think what's really interesting for us to do right now is to just kind of review the season that we've had. Um, it's been full of excitement, full of drama. We've had our ups, we've had our downs, we've had the COVID and all of this stuff that, that, that you know, gotten over it, for the hangover from last season. And there has been no shortage of drama. But here we are at the end of the season. We got through it all. And there's lots to talk about. I don't know. I mean, where do you want to start, Ash? There's so much that we could talk about, so much that we could start with. I don't really know what the best thing to start with is. Um, the top player of the season. <laughs> Let's go. Why, Let's why go. not, man? Why not? Um, Let's go. So a lot of people have spoken about some of the big hitters, your Salas, your um, things like that. But I definitely have put um, someone who maybe not a lot of people would have gone for but um, Bernardo Silva as my player of the season because I think consistently he's been one of the few performers who's actually performed from August all the way through to May. Um, other people have had like hot periods, whereas he hasn't. So I think he's been my, like my player of the year. Um, hasn't always scored the goals or stuff like that, but just been so important at making that team take over, keeping them going, like just exceptional play, like just, yeah, just... Yeah, I'm a big, big Bernardo Silva fan. Big Bernardo Silva fan. Okay, I mean, I think we should state that officially the player of the season was Kevin De Bruyne, as we reported on our last mm. episode. Um, but obviously everybody can have their own personal opinion. And um, I mean, hey man, Bernardo Silva's contribution has been just as important to Manchester City's season as Kevin De Bruyne's has been. Um, KDB's had times when he wasn't firing. And, you know, Bernardo's that guy that kind of links the midfield in the attack and, and does it so well. So why not? Why not? He's a good shot, man. He's a very good shot. For me, I'm just such a stan of this guy. <laughs> it's undeniable. I'm going with CR7, Cristiano Ronaldo, because at his age, like you don't expect a man at his age to come into the Premier League and to do well and he hit the ground running like from the first game that he played he was absolutely on fire and he you know helped to inspire good performances from the other players around him and um for me 
he's been an important player for Manchester United. Manchester United have had a struggling season. Like, they've struggled. They've been absolutely shocking. They've been terrible. And somehow, mm-hmm. Cristiano Ronaldo has been that guy who just when they need it, just when they're about to lose or just when they're about to draw in the last minute, he pops up with a goal. And it's, it's that big game player, that kind of never-say-die attitude that he has. And he scored 18 goals this season, which is a very respectable return for a man who is 37 years old playing in a struggling team. It's just, I, like, honestly, I just, I just can't get past how good that he's been. And a lot of people thought he was going to flop and they thought he was going to be terrible. Uh, but he's only played like 27 games. Like, well, he played 30 and, you know, had a couple of times coming off the bench. And that. But 27 starts. Um, and 18 goals. I think that's a very respectable record. So, Bro, Cristiano, hold on, hold I salute you, my player of the season. Hold on, let me let me get this right here, yeah. because I just need to be clear for the listeners. Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> is your player of the season. Yeah, man. <laughs> Woo! Old man, Chris. Oh man, I kind of see him as like. Uh, for the video game fans out there, they'll know what I'm talking about. Like uh, when um, Solid Snake got old in Metal Gear Solid, and he had old Snake walking around, and he's like, every now and again, his back goes in, and he's holding his back. <laughs> I kind of saw this as an old Snake season for Ronaldo, and I thought, I thought, all things considered, I thought he's done pretty damn well. Sometimes he was literally the only player on the pitch. It's like you might as well just have one player on the pitch at Manchester United because Ronaldo's the only one that's going to do anything. Mm. But we can talk more about Manchester United later. Think about it. If if the intention was uh, uh, re- reportedly that for him to sign for Manchester City and it was a conversation with Sir Alex Ferguson that stopped that from happening and he ended up signing for Manchester United. So just think about the difference of a season he would have had if he'd have been playing for Manchester City with the yeah. likes of your player of the year passing the ball to him, the likes of Kevin De Bruyne passing the ball to him instead of getting balls from Fred and McTominay. Fred had a good season. That's the one thing I'm going to say. It, it, it more will be explained later on, but Fred had a good season. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is, 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 is if CR7 went to City, it would have been a whole different story and it probably would have been Man City in the Champions League final. I'm not going to lie to you. I think Fred. if I went to City, I would have got double figures. <laughs> the amount of chances they create is crazy. There you go. Well, well you're a man that's, that's banging goals every week when you. Hey, let them the know. Song. Hey, let them know. <laughs> um, moving on for player of the season, our next category will be young player of the season. So again, officially, uh, it's Phil Folden who is put down as the the main man. Two seasons running, he's won this award back to back, and I just kind of agree with them. I think that. He's an exciting talent. He's a great footballer. And when I look up and down the league, I see lots of talent everywhere, but I just don't really see anyone exciting me as much as Phil Foden does. So that's my young player of the season. See, this is what surprises me, yeah, because I know I know you love hard evidence with the Cristiano Ronaldo thing, right? And I know how much you love Arsenal. So I'm very surprised you didn't say Bukayo Saka. Because for me, Bakaya Saka has outperformed Foden this year. Top goal scorer in the Arsenal team that was challenging for fourth position. I think he got a joint most amount of assists this season as well. Um, played every single Premier League game. 
at the te- at his tender age. Um, and even certain times, he's been the, the catalyst. Like, he's been the one who said, yo, give me the ball. Like, he's taken some big penalties away to Chelsea, mm. at home to United. Like, that one. Bro, like... Give me the ball. Me, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%. Mm. This, this to me was a very, very easy decision to say that Bakayo Saka was the young player of the year. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put up too much resistance against that. Mm. Bakayo Saka is a fantastic football player, like mm. world class potential. Eleven goals this season. Mm. And Eleven league goals. Let's not even talk about goals he scored in like well uh, the, yeah. the other competitions that we played yeah. in, which was the Carling Cup. <laughs> well, well, I mean, for a guy that plays on the wing, that's mm. a very solid return. You know, hundred. If 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 every manager up and down the league would be happy with eleven goals from their winger, apart from probably Liverpool and City, they'll, they'll probably their standards are a bit higher than everyone else's, aren't they? But. 11 goals for a young player who's uh, still improving. It's his highest goal-scoring uh, record to date. So you hope, okay, maybe next season he can push on and, and, and do even more. But mm-hmm. I do think that maybe Arsenal over-rely on him a little bit too much sometimes. Mm. Um, this is obviously changing the subject a little bit, so I'm not going to go into that too much. Um, but I do agree with you. I like the fact that he is a big player in his club because... Phil Foden isn't really a big player for Manchester City. He's still kind of like the youngster coming through. But for mm. Arsenal, Saka is the main guy. He's, he's our main creative attacking outlet. The ball comes to him and you, and you expect something to happen. Um, so, yeah, he, I think he's a more important player for his club than Phil Foden is. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you. He, he's arguably the player of the season. You could arguably say he's clear. Look, he scored 11 goals in the Premier League for Foden. They've done that. So, yeah, why not? I think he slapped more last year, to be fair. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I think <laughs> I think, I think just, <clears throat> I put it in the context of, like you said, what he's done for Arsenal. Like, Phil Foden's around so much, like, amazing talent. And, yeah, he's, he's doing great. But what Bukaya's done this year to even get us in the midst and in the in the conversation for certain things is, is really important. So, so yeah. the, the thing is, the thing about Foden is he didn't score 11, he scored nine and he's won the league. So, mm. so like... Has Foden won the league or has Man City won the league? Because I think there's a big case, the But there's a big case to say that like Saka is the big reason why Arsenal are fifth. But Foden, Foden plays for take, Man City. Take, take Foden out of the team Man City still win a league, and but but so that's what I'm saying. Like his performances have been like last year. I kind of felt like Foden helped to drive City to to a title. This time I feel like he was more of just he was a good, a, an excellent member of the squad. But I just think what Sack has done for his for his team trumps that as well. I don't know. Funny, I mean, Foden I, scored nine Premier League goals last season, and he scored nine Premier League goals again this season, um, and he's. Got back-to-back Young Player of the Season awards. I, I'm not going to argue with it. I think he's done enough to justify mm. that. Um, yeah. Could Saka yeah. potentially have pipped him to the post? Arguable. I'm not going to argue against it, but uh, I've got my pick and you've got yours. Cool, no worries. Right, Manager of the Year. Woo! Yeah, I know who you've picked, so do you want to share with the listeners? Mikel Arteta. No reaction there, uh, Ash. Okay, see, uh, I, I was expecting something, but I didn't get one. Um, it's a, 
It's a Sunday. I'm not going to swear this Sunday. I swore last week. I'm good. Come on, energy's good. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Gucci. Do you hear me? Uh, here's, the, here's the thing, right? <clears throat> managers have won the Manager of the Month award twice this season, right? One of them is Pep Guardiola, and the other one is Mikel Arteta. It hasn't been decided who's going to win the Manager of the Month for May just yet, but so far, according to who's winning the Manager of the Month, there's only two candidates for Manager of the Year. Um, so it's either it's Pep or it's Mikel. Now, me saying Mikel Arteta as manager of the year, people aren't really going to be too happy about that, are they? Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get some people's backs up. But in my opinion, the man has done excellent work for the football club. He's been working with young players. He's got the youngest player, the youngest squad in the league. And I know you could say, well, he's the one that signed the players and he could have signed the more experienced players. Could have, you know, we were linked with players like Madison and this, that and the other. And maybe Madison would have done, we saw the season that he's had, maybe he would have done better than Odegaard and Arsenal would have qualified for the Champions League. Yeah, whatever. But we're building, it's a project, building something for the future. Youngest squad in the league. Um, just missed out on Champions League qualification. He's, I think he's done enough to be in the conversation. But considering... Pep Guardiola won the league and considering some of the football that they've played this year they've been absolutely outstanding for me it's got to be his mentor Pep Guardiola cool I've gone slightly left field which is going to be a theme of my selections this year I've gone for Thomas Frank the Brentford manager I think to finish 13th with 46 points considering what happened to the other promoted sides this season um the context is everything. So they came up after those two sides. So Watford and um, Norwich were the two automatically promoted sides with more Premier League experience and probably looked like the favourites to stay up. Brentford from the first game against Arsenal, like great plans, like did well, had that dip, but then did well in um, January to make a few signings. Took a risk on Ericsson as well. Like, even that signing was inspired. They've gone to certain places and they've won, like, they've won some big games. They drew 3-3 against Liverpool. They gave Chelsea a good game. Like, they've really given, like, all the top sides a really good game as well. And I think it's just, um, yeah, I think I think they deserve praise for their points, Tally, but more so their approach to the season. Because um, it's really easy just to kind of come up and just like draw your way to safety but they said nah like we'll bang out with some of these teams um and i'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next year so thomas frank is my manager of the year that's a great shout because he's been fantastic there's uh one or two players that really i didn't know about at all like Embremo, uh well i thought yeah this guy looks really good um and uh there's a midfielder they've got the silver who has hardly played. I've seen some little bits and bobs of him before when they were in the championship. And I was really excited to see him play in the Premier League, but then he had a horrible injury and, and he didn't play until right towards the end of the season. Mm. And I haven't really seen the best of him. Like He's probably still just you know, working his way back to full fitness. Um, but their team just, they've played some really good football. They've been impressive. I'm looking forward to seeing what they can do next season, building on this. If they can keep mm. hold of Christian Eriksen, that was an inspired signing, wasn't it? And that was the kind of thing that 
couldn't happen if Thomas Frank wasn't in charge because Thomas Frank had that relationship with Christian Eriksen going back to yesteryear. So he's someone who could pick up the phone and say, Christian, come and play for my club. And he, you know, he, he surely answered that call. Um, mm-hmm. So if they can keep hold of him, well, who knows? They're onto bigger and better things next season, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Ivan Tony, will other clubs be interested in him? Possibly. Um, you know, uh, there's been one or two headlines, one or two stories um, about him and his relationship with the fans. Could they be parting ways? We'll see. Um, but I think if they can keep hold of Tony and Ericsson, they can surely build upon their, a successful first season. And shout out to Thomas Frank. He deserves to be in the conversation of manager of the year. Yeah, cool. Right. Now, on to gold of the season. Woo! I'm going to lead on this one, yeah. There's been some great goals, like genuinely great goals. I know Mo Salah scored two basically identical goals, twisting up man and just slapping the goal, the ball in against City and um, in the first game and then Watford. Um, we had some good team goals from Arsenal, especially in the game away to Watford. Watford really got peppered this year. <laughs> um so yeah, there was that goal. I remember Ronaldo's goal against Tottenham, the one from distance that he kind of like spanked in oh. um, into into the top corner. That was quite sick. Um, there was one of Kevin De Bruyne's finishes um, when he scored the four. Come on, Ashman FC, little plug there. Um, I think it was the third one where he ran and smacked it left footed. And there's been some other great goals, but for me, for me, the best goal of last season was Mateo Kovacic's goal for Chelsea against Liverpool, where it's a corner. The ball gets kind of punched out. There seems to be no danger. He's kind of like taking steps backwards. The ball's high, it's dipping, and he volleys the ball, but makes the ball arc outwards, clip the, clip the inside of the post and go in. Keeper has no chance. He's up, like He doesn't even look like he's balanced. He doesn't look like he's set. Like It's just a ridiculous... Like, technically, the goal's ridiculous. And I always like a goal that maybe you won't see over and over again or a goal that kind of like nine times out of ten goes wrong. Um, and this goal is absolutely brilliant. And that is my goal of the season. It's a fantastic choice. I was watching a clip of it before we started recording and I, and I started making some crazy sound effects. felt like I was in the stadium. Great goal. Um, but my choice is a bit different because um, it came from a game that was really exciting between two of the Giants, two of the teams going toe-to-toe to win the title. And it just produced, for me, a, a fantastic game of football and a fantastic goal to top it off. And the goal was Mo Salah uh, for Liverpool against Manchester City when he picked up the ball outside the area and he ran against the defenders. He turned them inside, he turned them outside. He beat one, two three four of them the goalkeeper came out and he tucked the ball under the keeper as well it was absolutely i just was like what have i just seen like this is like one of the best goals i've ever seen in my life and i just thought and i think it was a right foot finish as well which is maybe yeah something you could critique um most salah about is that you know he's always trying to cut in onto his left and he's too predictable and then when he does go on his right then kind of like in the Champions League final, he kind of just hits the ball straight at the keeper. It's not really uh, a very clinical finish. But this one was clinical. It was it was very accurate. Keeper could do nothing about it. And for me, that was the best goal of the season. 
I hear you. I'm not mad at it. Because um, it was yeah. the, it was the caliber of opposition. Like if you did that against Watford, it's like all right, cool. But you did that against Manchester City, bro. You had Laporte, you had Rodri, you had these guys going all over the place on the floor. They were on their back. They they like they were doing everything to try and stop him, and they just couldn't. Yeah, it was a stunning goal. Absolutely stunning goal. Yeah, no, I um, I can see why you picked it. It was definitely in my in my um in my um thought process. But yeah, cool team team in the season. Um, well, I mean, uh, after talking up Mo Salah, there's no way that he couldn't be in the team of the season. So uh, yeah, no, he's in there. a couple yeah. a couple of players we've spoken about already in the team of the season. Oh, you know what? Actually, I've just thought of something. We didn't put the young player in it. We didn't put either the young player of the uh, well. I didn't put the young players of the season in. In, in the team I just I literally just thought about that but I think to be in there but, yeah but no they don't because I think there's there's other players who have outperformed them in their position um yeah let me run through my team and then obviously you can just jump in and, and okay, okay. so it's the, the interesting thing that I'd like to shout out is the fact that we're in a season where the league winners have won the league without a recognised striker so mm. could our team with the season be compiled without a recognised striker to reflect what's happened this season? Maybe. My team has that, but we'll see. Let's go. You're, you're, but technically, your team wouldn't because your player of the season is a striker. So he would have to make it. Is he? Ronaldo's a striker, bro. Oh, my bad. Sorry, I was thinking of Salah for some reason. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. But Ronaldo's not in my team. Nowhere near it. So let's go then. Let's go. Let's go. All right. So my team is. Do you want me to just run through all of it or break yeah, it down? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Cool. All right. So my team in the season is Allison in goal. I have Trent right back, um, Cancelo left back, with Matip and Laporta centre backs. So I'll explain those choices in a second as to, as to why. Um, I have a midfield two of Rodri and Bernardo Silva. I have Madison as my ten. And my front three is Bowen, Salah and Son. And I will explain some of those decisions right now. It is an absolutely fantastic team. I'm sure everyone will agree. Um, mm. So I didn't do a They team. really won't. <laughs> <laughs> they really won't agree. Because I don't have Marnie in there. I don't have Kevin De Bruyne in there. I don't have Ronaldo in there. There's no Harry Kane. Um, there's no Van Dijk. Um but I will, I'll explain why some of those players aren't there. Wait a minute, you did have Son in there though, right? Yeah, yeah, Son's there, Son's there. So it's like, and it's one of these things where, because some players play in the same position, you can't have everybody in your yeah. team. Yeah. So, but, you know, you need to have that kind of understanding. And if you're trying to argue about uh, who was a better attacker on the left than Son, then it's like, who can really compete with that? Or who was a better striker than Ronaldo? Who can really compete with that? Was Kane better than Ronaldo this season? I mean, Mane's been playing as a centre-forward. Was Mane better yeah, than Ronaldo? Yeah, Ma- Mane's season? a shot as well. I think it's really tough. Really, really tough. But I suppose the real controversial ones is like no Van Dijk, no, like no Kevin De Bruyne. Um, Talk to me. Yeah. So this is how I'll explain it. I've been super impressed with Matip all season. And I've been saying that I think he's outperformed Van Dyke throughout the whole 38 games. Now, a lot of people will sit down there and be like, nah, he hasn't. 
But genuinely, Joel Matic this season has been extraordinary. And I actually do think he's outperformed Van Dijk. I've been saying it throughout the season. I've been so, so impressed with him. I just think he's been great. And I actually think he deserves to be mentioned in the team ahead of of Van Dijk. I'm not saying that Van Dijk hasn't been great this, this season, but I just think Joel Matip has been the better centre-back out of the two. Could be controversial. It is what it is. Now, on the flip side, I do think Man City require representation because they've had a great defensive record as well. And when I look at the centre-backs that have taken place, I don't think Ruben Diaz was as good as he was last year. I don't think John Stones has been consistent in the team enough. But the one player person who probably was most at risk of their place um, starting was Laporte. And a couple of injuries have kind of kicked in that's allowed him to kind of start a lot of games. And I just think he's been outstanding. Like, he's been very, very good. Every time every time I've watched him, he's been good. Even scored, like, really, really crucial goals. Um, I've split my defence in half between two Liverpool players and two... And two um, City players. There was an argument for me to go for Walker and Rob, like Robertson as my fullbacks, but I went for Trent just because I think he slightly pitched Robertson this season in terms of like his form at the start of the season. I think Robertson got stronger at the end of the season, and for me, the best fullback out of anyone this season has been Cancelo, whether he's played right or left. So I've got him in my left for for this season. No one can argue with Cancelo. Yeah, I think Cancelo has just been absolutely great. So I could easily have had. You could easily have had a Cancelo in <laughs> I could easily have had like four Liverpool players at the back. But I just think I really want to give notable shout outs to players who don't necessarily get the praise all the time, but have actually like outperformed some of their more illustrious rivals in my in my in my opinion. So is it is it a four three three or is it a four three two? Four two four two one three. Four two one three. With like a false nine, no, no recognition. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's how I'm playing it. Okay, okay. And your right back was my right back was Trent. And Obviously my, not for his defensive capability. I think he's been good defensively this season. Not like okay, this, okay. this. This. Sorry. Let, let me. Let me. Let me. Let me contextualize that. This has been his best defensive season. So I think he's improving defensively. I appreciate the way you phrased it. Mm. Um, and midfield. Yeah, so my midfield three is I think Rodri has been exceptional um, this season as well. Um, he was in a reckoning for one of the categories that's coming up in a second. Bernardo Silva was my player of the year, so I think he has to be in there. And I think he has outperformed Kevin De Bruyne across the season. And that's part of the reason why Kevin De Bruyne isn't in this team, because I think if you go for the three City players, I think it's a bit unfair on other midfielders in the league. And I think when I looked at it, like statistically, Madison had his best season he's ever had has been very consistent. Has been a bit in and out of the side because of rotation for the Europa Conference League, a couple of injuries. But whenever he has played, he's been at a really high level. Um, he got double figures in goals and scored some exceptional goals and just seems to have matured as a player this season. And I think it was a toss-up between him and Saka to go into that team. Kevin De Bruyne has been great for like the last three or four months, but I don't really think he had a good start to the season and I'm not going to put people in just because they've had a couple of good months as opposed to um, uh, that consistent seasons. And that's why my front three is my front three. I think Son was the only shining light at Tottenham when they were going through really dark times. I think Mo Salah has had a great season. I, I think he dropped off slightly with the AFCON results. Um, but his start to the season was just so good that I think you kind of can't ignore him. 
And for me, Jared Bowen has been arguably like the biggest outside of a player of the season. I think he's been absolutely exceptional in Europe as well as in the league. Like great numbers, great performances, scored against the big teams. Like he literally just been a, an absolute pest every time he's played. And I think it's a fair team considering their performances this season. So much to talk about. So many talking points there. Um, Jared Bowen, I don't know if anybody could argue with that unless you wanted to argue that the position that he plays in, Mo Salah's been better than him. But uh, as we were kind of talking about before, you know, if we're going to play with no recognised striker, you can kind of have Salah come through the middle. And Jared Bowen as your um, as your right winger, um, and it's been a fantastic season for the guy. Thirty six appearances, twelve goals, twelve assists. Uh, for a man who you know has kind of just grinded his way up through um, the lower leagues of football, um, then to make it at West Ham and to have such such a really big impact, and to get called up into the England team as well. You just gotta salute him. You gotta salute him. He's, he's had an absolutely great season. Um, another great season is James Madison. Thirty-five games, twelve goals, eight assists. So I mean, what more do you want from a like an attacking central midfielder? You know, someone who can get some assists, set up some goals, someone who can take set pieces, um, whipping balls from like um, corners, and you know, and score goals as well. Um, 12 goals and 8 assists I mean that's it's fantastic For to get 20 goal contributions from midfield everybody mm. wants a player who can do that and there's not many of them but James Madison is one of them um, mm. so I, I mean and then you know to have a midfield with Bernardo and Madison and then with uh, Rodri in behind them like cleaning up sweeping up like who wouldn't want that kind of midfield that kind of midfield mm. could win the league so I, I I don't really want to argue with these selections because I think they're all fantastic players and they're all worthy of being in the conversation of being in the team of the season. And um, mm. yeah, if if I had to if I had to argue, it would be you know maybe you could get Ronaldo in there up front. Um, but like we said, the the league leaders won the the two teams competing for the title uh, were both up there and, and neither had a recognised striker. So. Mm. Um, it's just the way that maybe the maybe it's the way that football is going. Maybe the um, uh, the the old fashioned number nine isn't so vital anymore. Although Manchester City mm. have just gone and signed one, mm. um, it, clearly they've proven that you can win the league without one. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean Virgil Van Dijk. I think people can see that he's actually his his defensive ability isn't quite what it once was. Um, so if you kind of wanted to highlight someone like Matip as maybe a more improved player um, and someone who's maybe been more consistent this season, I think people could agree with that. I think um, I think with that bit, it's just to just jump in. I think what people do is because they're the best player in the league, they automatically think they should be in a team in a season. Whereas I judge it on the nine months I've seen. So, obviously, there's players better than Madison, better than Bowen. But when I look at this season, there's a big argument for them. So, this season, Matip has outperformed Van Dijk. Is Matip a better defender than Van Dijk? No way. But, yeah, I think, like what you said, I think Van Dijk has been good. But 
just every time I've watched Matt, I've just been so impressed with him. So, so impressed. Yeah, I think um, Matt is a good shout for uh, another category that we're going to talk about a bit later. Mm. But a shout out to all of the players of the season. It's 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 been great, man. It's been some really good performances. We could talk about Conor Gallagher as well um, from Crystal Palace. This guy has had an absolutely fantastic season, and he could have been in a team of the season. Um, being a young man, maybe you could say in in with a shout for young player of the season with Saka and, and Foden. Or if you were going to do a young team of the season with all the under-21 players, he's definitely in that one, isn't he? Mm. Um, but, you know, up against the likes of Madison in midfield, uh, I'd say you could argue. You could argue for his mm. he's, he's had a good season. Um, and um, there's there's more. But uh, it would take us forever if we really wanted to talk about every good player that's had a good season. Mm. So it's a good team. I'm happy with that. Moving on. Signing of the season. Now, this is one where I kind of thought to myself, who has really come in and, and, and just been absolutely incredible? I don't think anybody has come in and just leapt up to me as this player is most definitely, hands down, the signing of the season. You know, like last season, we saw Ruben Diaz come in in January and completely transform Manchester City's fortunes. Um, and for me, that was a clear head and shoulders winner. Mm. But this season, I don't really think... I mean, as much as I like Ronaldo, he has his critics. He's not going to be everyone's choice. Not everyone's going to be think, thinking, ah, I don't think Ronaldo was a great signing. Um, you know, but some people might say when Manchester United signed him, um, he's made them worse. Because, you know, they had a good thing going with playing Pogba on the left and uh, Fernandez bombing in from midfield. But then, you know, with Ronaldo, they've kind of had to change the way they play and... Things have been quite disjointed with that kind of understanding between Ronaldo and, and Fernandez and Popper's been in and out of the team. And so it's just kind of like, and then Sancho's coming as well. It just hasn't, hasn't been good for Manchester United, really, mm. you know, in a way. Although his goals have gone into the back of the net and he's done his job. Um, maybe the cohesiveness hasn't quite been there with the team. Well, however you want to look at it, I'm not so sure I can say that Ronaldo is signing the season, but I think you might have a different idea for someone who could be a Yeah, signing the season for me is a Mark Coachella. Um, the left back for Brighton was signed on deadline day. Um, and yeah, he's just been really good. <laughs> really, really good. I think we looked at a couple of the signings who came in in January. So Luis Diaz and um, Dan Kulisewski. And we also looked at another player who went to a lower league team and done pretty well being like Mark Gahey. But I think, yeah, some of the really big signings at the start of the season didn't really work. I know there was a bit of an, uh, a shout for Ramsdale as the as the Arsenal goalkeeper, as that signing. For me, I was very surprised that he even was as good as he was. I thought Ramsdale was pants, to be honest. So happy to be surprised by that. But actually, I think... <clears throat> A big thing for me this season is really shining the light on some of the teams that, that don't normally get the praise. It's really easy to just do like the, the top two or the top three all the time. So, yeah, Marco Cuccella is my signing of the season. I do wonder if you're pronouncing his name correctly because it, 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 it doesn't name, fam. It doesn't spell like the way you say it. Listen, that's his, <laughs> that's his name in my book, isn't it? Cuccella. Cuccarella, whatever it is. Coachella. Call him whatever he wants to be called. You get me? I'll, I'll, just, call fest- I'll just call him Festival. That's his name now, Festival. That's it, Festival. Two-pack hologram, Mark mm. Cucurella, whatever. Cucu, whatever. You know the vibes. So, um, 
That sounds like our signing of the season is wrapped. We can move on to our surprise of the season. What, what surprised you the most this season, Ash? So, two teams surprised me the most this season. I think Wolves in the first half of the season, when they were really doing well, um, their new manager kind of coming in, Bruno Lage, um, they had a great run with Nuno Espirito Santos and Santos. And everyone thought he's gone to Tottenham, he's going to be on the bigger things and um, Wolves are going to like probably like decimate. They're talking about them potentially being like relegation rivals. They were flying at one stage. Like I think they were fourth. What a year! I think like the end of like middle of Jan when they beat United one 0 that propelled them to like joint joint fourth spot. They've obviously fallen down recently and they kind of they've always struggled with goals and they started to concede a few more goals. But I just think. They were a great shout. And then, like, as soon as they kind of told off, we had Newcastle pick up. Now, I was we really spoken a lot about Newcastle in the last recent pods because they looked like they were done, dusted and gone. And Newcastle ended up finishing, like, really high up the table um, from, from, from pretty much nowhere. Um, their run-off form was just absolutely crazy. Even the way they ended the season. So, for them, I think they finished 11th, right, on 49 points. There was a stage where I think they were on, I think they, they, they didn't win a game for ages or they won one game randomly or in seven points. But they got like 42 points out of like they lost 60 or something stupid like that. Their form was title winning form. If the, if, if Arsenal had their form, they 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 would have finished third. Like that's that's how good their form was. And they beat big teams. They beat, they beat, um, they beat us. Um they beat some really big teams on on that run as well. So yeah, just big up to big up to those two teams. Wolves at the start of the season and then Newcastle by the end of the season. That's quite a big surprise for me. I know I keep talking about him, but for me, the surprise of the season was the return of CR7 to Manchester United. Never saw it coming. Never, 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 never saw it coming. That was just wow. And um there's been some brilliant moments, man. Like Ash talked about the goal he scored against Spurs. Um, I, I just thought this guy was maybe, you know, maybe making a mistake. Maybe he was just chasing Leo Messi's kind of hype and thought, oh, I'm not going to let Messi upstage me with a big transfer of, of, of the season. I'm going to make a move too. But it's been entertaining watching him. Big surprise for me and lots of entertainment too. Um game of the season mm. um, I'm going to kick this one off with Manchester City versus Liverpool I've already talked about my goal of the season and that was the game that produced the goal of the season the score was 2-2 clash of the titans two teams that couldn't be separated and it just took a magnificent goal like that from Salah to f- to share the points so yeah the, the, and the game was just fire it was just individual moments of brilliance and Tactics from both managers. Ah, man, I just love watching those two teams play, man. Um, I yeah, it was. Either of the games that they played this season could have been a shout for game of the season. But yeah, I think so. And I think Liverpool's Liverpool's two two against Chelsea was a great one where Kovacic scored his goal. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that that first game was a great game. Like both times been Sunday prime time. Four o'clock kickoff. Let's go. Let's watch the two teams, two best teams in the league, bang it out. So um, to get two, two, two Desmonds, Desmond two twos, 
Oh. Um, as Paul Merson calls it on Gillette Soccer Saturday. Yeah, no, great stuff. So, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Completely agree. And, yeah, I agree, uh, I agree with that. Um, unsung hero for you, Cal. Granit Xhaka. The man is just... Come on, man. Come on, man. The man is the guy who glues the Arsenal midfield together and he never, 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 never gets the props that he deserves. It's always the guys in that kind of position. They call him the water carrier. The guy who does the dirty work in the midfield. Um, there's one at every team and nobody really talks about him. And uh, Jacker is the one at, at Arsenal. And maybe it's because I watch Arsenal more closely than any other team. That's why I kind of noticed the stuff that he does, the, the, the brilliance. Obviously, he has... The other side to him where gets himself sent off and you think maybe he's a bit of a liability. But when he is on the pitch, he does some great work. He's done some great work this season. And I do think, me personally, if he wasn't at Arsenal, then they, they would have finished a lot lower down the table. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there's there's plenty of other shouts, but I'd like to hear your one, Um. Yeah, so there was a shout for Rodri. Um, the shout for a couple of goalkeepers in the league as well. Um, but my my unsung hero goes to Mark Gahey. I think he's been a great season, a great signing. He was in the running for signing of the season as well. Like no real, like not heralded. Just a great, great like first season in the Prem. Um, just a really astute signing from um, Patrick Vieira. Um, and yeah, I think it's, like I said, it's not always the most fashionable or the biggest clubs that make like great signings and, and stuff like that. Or there's always a lot of focus on those kinds of things. But yeah, now this is, this is a great, great um, player, great talent. And it'll be really interesting to see kind of where he goes moving forward. Got into the England squad as well. And for the first time, so yeah, I think Mark Gahey is the unsung hero for me. That's dope. It's a good choice, man. Um, he's a player that really gets the headlines and the attention, mm. but he's been ever present, played almost every single game this season. Um, and like you say, with a call up into the uh, the big team, big national team, it's they're just looking upwards and onwards for the young man. I think he's only about twenty one years old as well. Yeah, super young. Just lots whole, of lots yeah. like lots of ability and potential. So yeah, no good good stuff. Big future for him. A big facts. Big facts. Moving on, we have the most improved. This is this is this is unanimous. Jared Bowen. Like, well, what what a season! What a season! We've talked about him already, but I think there, there's a few more. There's a few more shouts. Like you talked about Matip earlier. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying there's not. Other shouts, but I'm just saying, like, I think you'll be hard pressed to really find someone who's done more than Jared Bowen this season. Like, I'm just looking at his numbers. Like, I'm looking at like his his numbers are crazy, and they don't even speak to his performance. So he's got 12 goals and 17 assists. It just and that's just in the Premier League. Nothing to do with his performances in Europe, which have been exceptional as well. Then when you actually do the eye test of watching him play, it's, it's just it's, it's stupid absolutely stupid like he's just been exceptional this season but yeah the, the other contenders were um 
I've actually got a record of him having less than 17 assists here, but um, he's on the Premier League website right now. Yeah, a lot of assists. I'm on a transfermarkt.co.uk, so I'm not sure. So yeah, not 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 100% sure what's going on there, but let's go with the Premier League, man. You can't go wrong with the Premier League. Um, it's been a fantastic season for the man, and yeah, I I think for West Ham. They couldn't have asked for any more. They really couldn't. And I've enjoyed watching him. And I'm sure we'll continue to enjoy watching him next season. And for England in the, uh, over the summer as well. Let's hope he gets a start. I think it's nice for the, like for these kind of friendlies and Nation League games. You know, it's nice for the new inclusions to actually get a proper run out, get 90 minutes under their belt, see how they do, you know? I think him and, I just think him and, him and Saka are basically fighting for one position. And I know how much Gareth Southgate likes Saka, so I think that might that might change what happens. But um, yeah, hopefully he will get he will get a good amount of minutes. And, then, and, I, and, I, and I hope he gets a good break because I think he really needs one. I think he really really needs one. He does like to play um, different formations, uh, Southgate, doesn't he? I mean, now that we're on the topic of England, we might as well take a look at the uh, the England squad. Um, so I've got an article here, literally from EnglandFootball.com. Um, and it's got Gareth Southgate's 27-man squad for the games coming up with Hungary, Germany and Italy in the Nations League. And and it's a strong squad. The strong squad looks strong to me. You've got uh, Jordan Pickford, Nick Pope and Aaron Ramsdale in goal. So a couple of those players, I think, could have had a shout for Unsung Hero or Most Improved as well. Mm. Aaron Ramsdale maybe being given a shout for most improved and Jordan Pickford for unsung hero potentially um, you've got uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back Connor Cody can't even say his name Connor Cody <laughs> you've got um, Ash's uh, what, what category was he in he was a uh, unsung hero wasn't he Mark Grahey yeah Reese James of Chelsea uh, James Justin of Leicester City. I think he's been alright. I, I, I haven't watched him a lot to know just how good he's been, but uh, the fact that he's injury-free and he's playing now, he's a good player. Mm. So yeah, why not? Um, Harry Maguire probably not had the best season and not had the best few seasons in a row, but he is that guy that's just, you know, Mr. England. So could you put a squad out and leave him out? I don't know if you can do that. Um, one of Ash's favourites, Johan Stones. Come on. Hey, you know what? This year, I've not spoken about him as much because I think people were quite worrying whether I had like stocks and shares in in, in his in his um, Bitcoin or something. But like, or his, or his NFT. But nah, Johan is, hey, Johan is a Rolls Royce of a centre-back, man. I rate him. I rate him big time. He's a quality player. Uh Ficaro Tomori from AC Milan makes it into the squad. Uh, shout out to Tomori. Kieran Trippier, um, he's had a decent season for Newcastle. Hit the ground running and I think kind of faded out a little bit. I think he got an injury, didn't he? Um, Carl Walker at Manchester City. Ben White of Arsenal. Yeah, um, big player, Ben White. Big player for Arsenal. Playing week in, week out. Um, not so sure you put him in this signing of the season kind of category but uh, mm. I've seen some Arsenal fans really warm to him and they, they really appreciate his services and he's been part of Arsenal doing well uh, you've got Jude Bellingham 
from Borussia Dortmund. Shout out to G. He's one of my favourite England players. I think this this young man has so much potential. Um, Conor Gallagher of Crystal Palace, again, for me, someone who could be in with a shout of being in the team of the season, in with a shout of young player of the season. He's had a fantastic season. Um, you got Mason Mount. Actually, I say Conor Gallagher of Crystal Palace, but technically he's on loan from Chelsea. So really, mm. uh, now that the season's ended, yeah, he's a Chelsea there, man, man, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, he's back there now. Chelsea, but he might be playing next season uh, if they don't get these um, rules and regulations sorted out, transfer embargoes lifted and all of this kind of thing. We'll see. Mason Mount, Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice, James Ward-Prowse. He's someone that could be in with a shout of an unsung hero because, again, he's someone who does good work in the midfield that sometimes goes unnoticed. You've got Tammy Abraham up front. Shout out to uh, the Roma. And mm. we'll talk about what his team has done shortly. Moving mm. forward there. Jared Bowen, um, one of our team of the season players. Phil Foden, uh, one of the young players of the season. Jack Grealish of Manchester City, guy who hasn't had the best season, but um, still a, a hugely talented player. Harry Kane of Tottenham Hotspur, uh, obviously you expect to see Kane in the England squad. Kyle Saka, the man who needs no introduction. Raheem Sterlingio of Manchester City, uh, England's most prolific goal scorer in recent tournaments. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the squad looks strong, man. I like looking at these names and thinking, you know, you go up against the likes of uh, of Germany and that. And, you know, you've got goals from Raheem Sterling. You've got goals in the team. You've got creativity from players like Grealish. Um, you know, uh, whether or not you want to play Harry Kane is debatable. You've got Tammy Abraham, who's banged in a lot of goals at Roma this season. Mm. He's got like 24 goals which is absolutely incredible. Um, and then you've got a few fresh faces as well who might add a little something different, you know. Uh, Gwaihi will be interesting to see how he does in an England shirt. Um, Bowen as well. I've got a feeling Bowen would come in and just be running and running and running with just loads of enthusiasm, um, making his England debut. I think he, I would like to see him get a start. I would like to see Bowen starting on the right, uh, Sterling on the left, and then maybe Abraham through the middle if you don't want to play Kane. Um, but Kane's had a, a good second half to the season after his uh, disappointment at not making his move to Manchester City. I think he's recovering. Yeah. Um, yeah. But look, look, any any thoughts about this squad? Yeah, it's good. I think it's a good mix between what we what you would expect them to have in terms of their the players verse also who they can kind of add in to be able to like bolster the squad so i think it's um yeah i think it's a very i think it's a very good squad um i like the look of it um i've just realized something yeah what's that i think there's only one left footer in the whole squad What's Saka? No, two. Three. Look at that. We've got three left footers and they're all Foden, in. Foden, Foden, Saka. Foden, uh, Saka. Bowen. Who are the four backs? We've got Trent. Yeah. James. Mm. Justin. Mm. Justin can play left though. Trippier. Mm. And Walker. 
Jesus Christ. No left footers. Mad. Interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, very interesting. Maybe we need a. Maybe if there's any young players out there with a left foot, you know, uh, maybe you want to start you get a game, thinking yeah. about playing left centre back or left back because those are the openings in the England team, right? So if you want to get yourself in the England team, just work on your left foot and and make sure it's a world class left foot. And you never know, man, there mm. might be a future for you in the England squad. We need that. Yeah, big facts. Um. Oh, good luck to England. I think. I think uh, the squad looks strong mm. and the games are kicking off on the 4th of June uh, and 7th of June and 11th of June. So, yeah, let's look forward to all of that. Um, right, so now that we've talked about the end of season, we've done our end of season review, we talked about the England squad and the Nations League fixtures coming up. The next thing we can talk about are the results that we've had this week. So it's just mm. been big, major European finals that's been happening of late. Um, the Europa League was the weekend before. In the midweek, we've had the UEFA Conference League final. And this weekend uh, that we're just recording on now was the Champions League final. So before we move on to the main event, the Europa Champions League, let's talk Conference League. Now, I mean, it's the, the third tier of European football we're talking about here. So uh, I, I don't know how much interest is going to be from our listeners. <laughs> but I, I, I was quite interested in the tournament f- from the novelty of it. The fact that it's just launched. So it's the first time we've ever seen this tournament in its history. Um, the fact that, you know, there were some English teams in the competition that were doing quite well and going quite far. Leicester did well to get to the semis. Um, and if you want to talk about British teams, Rangers did quite well as well. Yeah. Um, well, that was in another competition, wasn't it? But anyway. Um, no, it wasn't. It was actually the uh, the other semi-final against Feyenoord, wasn't it? Um, no, my bad. It was. I, I, I'm getting I'm getting my competitions mixed up here. Rangers was in the Europa League. Yeah. It was Leicester that were in the Europa Conference League. Uh, Rangers getting to the final of the Europa League, mm. uh, but not crossing the line against Hamburg. Unfortunately, losing to them. Uh, so Frankfurt rubber. So Roma won. Feyenoord nil. It was it was a game I was interested in. You know, I watched it. It, it wasn't the best game of football, as you can imagine. The European final is going to be a bit tense, a bit of a you know nervy occasion. Maybe nobody wanting to attack too much and leave holes in behind for the other team to counterattack and exploit. Um, and it was only one goal that separated the two teams, which came in the first half. And Roma were just defensively solid they never looked like they were on the ropes they never at any point in the game looked like they were going to concede goals final did try there was wave after wave after wave of attack from final to try and get back in but honestly just watching the game mm. you just didn't think that roma were ever going to concede they just looked solid and i think a big reason for that is chris smalling or as the fans are calling him smaldini <laughs> Smart, oh my lord, <laughs> yeah, what's wrong? And it's, it's, it's a bit sad that 
he can have a great season at Roma, he can win a European trophy, and he doesn't make it into the England squad. So, um, commiserations to Chris Smaldini, you know. Commiserations to Smaldini, but his his colleague, Tammy Abraham, his teammate, did make it into the England squad, which is quite interesting, isn't it? They both played for the same team. Mm. One made it and one didn't. Um, I suppose it, it might come down to um, availability and competition, because when you look at the other... England strikers available after Harry Kane uh, how much choice do you really have um, and then you've got Tammy Abraham who scored like 17 league goals this season very consistent you know scored one in a domestic cup and then he scored nine goals in the Europa League so I mean the man's been prolific guess you got to bring him in don't really have much of a choice he's had such a good goal scoring season um, but unfortunately, Arsenal's Ryan Nelson, Reese Nelson, on the other team, final, didn't manage to to do anything. I did like the look of that Sinistero. He looked absolutely dangerous throughout the whole tournament, and I thought if final were going to do something, it was going to come from him. But he just wasn't able to break down that Roman defence. It wasn't easy for them, and. Um, it was 1-0, and that's the way it went. Roma lifted the trophy. You had an interesting thought before we started uh, recording, Ash. Uh, thoughts on Jose Mourinho, the coach of Roma? Yeah, like he does this. I think he's won like five European finals in a row. Um, he's not really going to like go out and play champagne, expansive football, but he's going to get the job done. So I think he did that again. Um, just Mourinho being Mourinho, really. So... Um, and he becomes the first manager to win all three tournaments. But with this being the first year that the tournament's ever taken place, um, it's a great feat, more more because of the other things that he's done. Um, but yeah, nah, um, yeah, a good way to a good way to famous to sign off this year, having probably like I know he's had some ups and downs in 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 Italy, um, maybe not been as domineering as he'd like to be. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But um, there was another final that ended 1-0. Before we get into that, um, I just want to shout out Ainsley Maitland-Niles because there is this thing that uh, when players leave Arsenal, they kind of go and win a trophy. <laughs> and Ainsley Maitland-Niles was on the bench for Roma as they went and won the uh, UEFA Europa Conference League with that stupidly long name. Um, but unfortunately, he didn't come off the bench. He didn't, he didn't get a chance to play in the final, but he's going to get his medal, isn't he? So shout out to Ainsley. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you are uh, sorry. You wanted to talk that talk that we're about to move on to, Ash. Over to the big game of the week. Well, probably the biggest game in the season, right? Would you say the Champions League final is the biggest game anywhere in football every year? It's gotta be. I mean, the Euro, the 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 Super Cup is supposed to be a bigger game than the Champions League final, but I don't think it is. I think the Champions League. No, because you have to win the Champions League to get there, right? Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Champions League is where it's at. That's that's what everyone is going to watch. I don't think everyone watches the Super Cup, the um, which mm. is, for those that don't know, the winner of the Europa League versus the winner of the Champions League. They go into the Super Cup. I don't think everybody watches that, or everybody necessarily cares so much about winning that. Although it is a 
a privilege and an honour to be in that competition because you've got to win mm-hmm. something to get there. Um, I think most people would want to win the Champions League. That's what everybody, you know, everybody dreams of hearing that music and standing in that lineup. You know, getting all excited mm. about that, and and being amongst all of the fantastic, famous players that have won the competition mm. throughout history. You know, people kind of. I think there's some players out there who are brilliant players, but because they've never won the Champions League, like their name doesn't hold as much weight. You know, when you well, so, well, arguably the greatest, what arguably the greatest player of the nineties didn't that he never won it. Ronaldo, our nineties never won the Champions League. So sad, isn't it? So yeah. sad. I think uh, another one who hasn't won it is um, Abramovich. Yeah, Zlatan's never won it. Uh, Sex, Sex, didn't win it either. Not even at Barcelona. No, he wasn't there. The year that they he went to Chelsea. Oh, that year that he left, wasn't he? He left. Yeah, he? he left. Oh man. Like for instance, so like Ronaldo, he was on the books of one of the teams when they won it, but he wasn't able to play. So yeah, it's just um, it's crazy how like some genuine greats have never won it, but it doesn't it doesn't stop them from being great footballers. I just thought it was crazy how uh, I was watching a teenage Cesar coming up at Arsenal, but that's another story. Um, yeah, I mean, big spectacle, big game, you know, two of the best managers around, Carlo Ancelotti versus Jurgen Klopp. Um, if I had to choose which one is greater, I know which one I'm choosing, but both of them are great. Um, and this Real Madrid team, like it's it's probably not the best Madrid team that you've ever seen. So, mm. like in Spanish football, there's there's been the odd problem here or there, but yeah. they've but they've definitely done their thing, haven't they? They finished top yeah. of the league. Listen, listen, I I don't I don't understand how this Real Madrid team even got to the final. Like they were playing PSG, they were a couple of minutes from being out. They played Chelsea. They were a couple of minutes from being out. They played Man City. They were a couple of minutes from being out. And then they managed to win this final in the way that they did. So it was 1-0 and Vinicius with a goal in the second half. And there's been a lot of talk about who's to blame for the goal from a Liverpool perspective. Some people have said Robertson was out of position. Some people have said Trent. Some people have said Van Dijk failing to engage. But yeah, it's just, it's a real... It's a real shame for Liverpool to have, to have basically had these last six days for what would have been like a truly epic season. I didn't expect them to win all four. I did expect them to win yesterday, um, but they just didn't really. They didn't really do enough. Like Liverpool normally, are, like they they really suffocate you. They put a lot of pressure on you, and I think I'm actually worried whether some players weren't really fit. So I don't know how fit Van Dijk was. I'm not too sure how fit Thiago was. Obviously, Fabinho was was kind of raced back as well. I think maybe this was just a game too far for Liverpool. Um, a, 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 a great season in the sense of playing every single game possible to them. So remember, they went all the way in the in the Carabao Cup, all the way in the FA Cup. They pushed City to one within one point of the season on the title, and now they've done this. So it's a real shame, but um, I just think. Yeah, 
Real Madrid, their powers of recovery and resilience are are, are superb. They shouldn't even be in the final, yet yet they've gone on and won it. So, yeah, man, big ratings to them. Big they've had to come them. back. They've had to come back so many times against Manchester City in the semi. Stupid. I thought they were done because that was that was a real. It was almost like a masterclass. Like Man City actually outclassed them. Yeah. But like you said, Real Madrid have got that that resilience. They've got that knack, that experience. Um, Courtois pulled off some absolutely fantastic saves. There was one against mm. Jack Grealish in the semi-final where you just thought, ah, come on, Jack, he's gonna put that away, and Courtois just stretched. Just got same in the final as well. His boots just got there. Same with the final because I know we're gonna get onto it, but he was my man of the match for two, two or three stunning saves, man. Genuinely, two or three stunning saves. Now that you're talking about Man of the Match, that sounds like a good time to talk about the player ratings. Um, mm. What a game. Nobody expected the game to go the way that it did, but it did. And um, I thought the game was boring, man. Did you enjoy it? Well, no, not really. I had, I had a little uh, non-alcoholic beer. And um, mm. I actually enjoyed putting a slice of lemon in my beer more than I enjoyed the game, which is uh, saying something. Mm. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a high-stakes game. So, similar to the other final, like how I said, nobody really wants to lose. So, they're going to be playing very conservatively. I expected that they were playing conservatively. However, what I was hoping for was some, like, absolutely insane moments of football, you know, with the likes of Vinicius on the pitch. You know, you might just see some feet. You might see something crazy. Mm. The likes of Modric on the pitch. You might just see an incredible pass that you never saw coming. Such mm. as the the masterful disguise that he can put on the ball. Like he can play a reverse pass where you kind of thought he was going to pass it straight and he just passed it like at an angle to the left or to the right or something. Guys, Luka, his, his vision is Luka's not. crazy. Luka's um, crazy. He's on, he's on five now, isn't it? Well, this no. is it. This is it. It's 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 the, the experience of those players that I think you can't count out. Um, and I think maybe one of their signings of the season, if not the signing of the season for Real Madrid, was Alaba. Because when they lost Sergio Ramos, you might have thought, ooh, that's a big player they're losing there. How can they replace him? Uh, and they lost Varane as well. Um, mm. So you might have thought, oof, two first, like your, your, your starting defenders, both of them, gone. What are you going to do? Well, they did have um, Militao there, who was kind of in rotation, and he's quite a young player, so he was, you know, coming yeah, into crap. Coming into, I can't you know, it. <laughs> coming into becoming a, a top player, and then you've got um, someone who really is a top player coming from Bayern Munich, where he's won everything. Um, David Alaba, a guy who can play midfield, can play fullback, and he can play centre back. He's just an incredible footballer. So to put him in next to someone like um, Militao, who does have some good attributes, like he's tall, he's strong, he's fast, just maybe doesn't have the football IQ um, of a top, top, top class centre-back, but Alaba does. So mm. you pair those two together, you've got someone with the youth and the athleticism, and then you've got like the wily old experienced head, um, and so on. And, and it just produced the kind of defence that can get a clean sheet against one of the best teams in Europe. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. What's your what do you, do you rate Vinicius? Because again, he's someone who I, I I don't really have a lot of time for, but obviously he's made the talent intervention. I thought I thought Valverde was excellent as well. I thought he was very very good in negating Liverpool's strength on the left hand side, um, protecting Carvajal, but then also obviously you got the assist for the goal. Yeah, just 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 creating so many like. Like disruptive runs, yeah. Like he was, he was, he was really good. He I think, really good. I think that was. I think that you got to credit Carlo Ancelotti for that, um, or whoever in the uh, in the team is helping Carlo make his decisions, because that was a tactical decision to play Valverde on the right hand side of their midfield or their attack, because that's not his natural position. He's more like a centre mid, so it was clearly an act to kind of nullify, to have a guy who still has a, a good attacking threat, but can mm. also nullify the opposition. Um, and just like you said, actually, like he did that to a tee, didn't he? Like the game plan just got executed um, and Liverpool couldn't really, couldn't really handle it. Mm. Um, the goal they conceded was shocking. But, you know, Vinicius, he's the one that scored the goal. And honestly, having watched him throughout the tournament, I thought he's been pretty damn good, man. He's not mm. like, you know, we've been lucky to have players like Robert Pires and um, Thierry Henry operating on the left-hand side of our attack. Uh, you know, Alexis Sanchez. These are guys who are like probably the highest levels of football IQ that you're going to see. Like really clever players. And Vinicius isn't that, but he has got skills and he's got pace. Mm. And he knows how to use them. Like he, he's not like a player that's just gonna run and run and run and run and run and run into trouble. Like he can slow down the game and then be explosive. Um, he can keep hold of the ball, not just do loads of skills until he loses the ball. You know, he knows when he needs to kind of retreat and and look for a different option. And more often than not, what he does when he gets the ball is he tries to find Benzema, and he's done that consistently throughout the Champions League. Um, and got this article here with uh, play ratings from Sky Sports. Um, and they've given Vinicius Junior an eight, the the highest score. So, um, actually, it wasn't a high score. He got an eight. Carvajal tied him with an eight, and the high score went to the goalkeeper Thibaut Courtois with a nine. Um, so now I've said that, I might as well just run through the rest of the team. You got Benzema with a seven, Vinicius with an eight, Modric with a seven, Valverde with a seven, Cruz with a six, Casemiro with a seven. Mendy with a seven, Alaba with a seven, Militao with a seven, Carvajal with eight, and Courtois with a nine. Um, Liverpool did test him in both halves. Um, early on in the game, I kind of felt like, you know, Liverpool might actually just win this because they seem to have the possession. And the, and the chances were, were being created. There was one that was wasteful from uh, Trent in the first half. The ball came to him on the edge of the box and it was almost like he tried to do that kind of whipping it in the top corner technique. And he just got it all wrong and the ball went to like Rose Ed. And I was thinking, what? Like, you could have just took a touch and then drove it at the goal. But he's tried to fancy tech and it didn't work out. If he went in, that would have been a fantastic goal. But it's kind of like you're saying, like when it comes to like hitting the ball on the volley and hitting it first time and stuff like that, it's, it's really tricky to control the ball. Mm. Um, I think you, you described why it was such a, a good piece of technique from um, Kovacic 
to score his goal, which you think was goal of the season. And I think it was a similar kind of thing. It wasn't really on the volley, uh, but it was a similar kind of of uh, skill that Trent needed to pull off. And it was a good opportunity. And unfortunately, it didn't even hit anywhere near the target. Um, so good ratings for Real Madrid all around the team, with uh, Cruz having the lowest rating. For me, watching the game, he's the player that I noticed the least. So I'm not surprised to see him have that. I noticed Casemiro stepping up and collecting the ball. Like, I thought he had quite a good game. Um, but I couldn't really tell you about what Cruz did, if there was anything great that he did in the game. It just, um, you know, seemed like an average. I think Camavinga needs to start playing a bit more because I like him a lot. And I think if you had like him... In there alongside Cam, like um, Casemiro, I think he changes things up. But yeah, um, oh, yeah. Real Madrid, like number 40, 14 Champions Leagues, just yeah, absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, big big ratings to them. Big ratings to them. Most definitely, Camavinga did come off the bench, and um, as he's done all season long, when he comes off the bench, he looks class. He's really good at holding the ball and helping to kind of see out the game. That's that's kind of the role that. Um, Ancelotti seems to have given him as someone to just come and just hold the ball and just you know just pass it around and make sure that we don't lose possession we keep control and just see out the game you know um, Ceballos came off the bench as well another Arsenal player that's left Arsenal and gone and won the trophy he's crap man <laughs> I was surprised to see you get a game um, but there you go um, the ratings for Liverpool weren't so kind um, let's go from the top they've given Alisson a 6 Trent a six, Konate an eight. Yeah, he was very good. Van Dijk he was very a six, good. Robertson a six, Thiago a seven, Fabinho no, a seven, Henderson a seven, Diaz a six. Diaz just sits. I'm starting to notice all this guy does is shoot, man. Mm, no, he does a bit more than that. That's crazy. I don't think he creates enough. I want to see more. I want to see more from him because he's fast and he scores goals. Cool. But when it comes to actual team play, I don't think he's doing what you see from Mane and what you see from Salah. So I want to see more creativity from Diaz. Um, Mane got six. Salah got six. Um, and then the subs, Jota off the bench, Keita off the bench, Firmino off the bench. It's Mark of the Beast, six, six, six. Cool. Um, I mean, I'm quite happy with this Kanati guy. Like, he's had a good season for Liverpool. When they've needed him, he's come in and he's done a job. And he's been a threat from set pieces, scored a couple of goals. I like him. I think he's got a good future ahead of him at Liverpool. Yeah, he looks a great. He looks a great talent. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. He looks a really good talent. Really good. It's the, you know what, like, it's the kind of game where I kind of just wanted to see, like, because the way they started, Mane was looking like an absolute savage. And I thought, yeah, if they feed him, he's going to score. And he came close with one shot where um, Courtois made a good save. And then you're thinking, right, okay, it's game time. And then just, they just couldn't, they just couldn't really put, they had a few chances, but they just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. 
And, um, you know, Real Madrid kind of rolled that little period. And they were defending well from time to time when they had to. They saw right the victory. But like you say, uh, 14, 14 trophies for Real Madrid. 14 Champions League trophies. That is absolutely fantastic. Shout out to them. Shout out to um, Carlo Ancelotti. I wonder how many trophies collectively Carlo Ancelotti's got. He's won so much in football. His trophy cabinet must be full. He, he, he doesn't have a cabinet. He's probably got a trophy room. Yeah, no. No, great. Great, great achievements from him. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, after all the build-up, the game was a bit nothing. I'm a bit flat off the game. Hence, I haven't said too much. Like, It was just... It's a bit meh, a bit meh, but we gotta get next season, right? We gotta get next season. Look at this, I'm just bringing up um, Ancelotti's record. He's won the Champions League three times, um, but they haven't updated it to include the latest one. So that's four. Um, and he was a runner-up once as well. And then he's won the Super Cup three times. He might win it again <laughs> with Real Madrid uh, when they play Roma. Um, he's won the World Club Cup a couple of times. And he's got a whole heap of, of domestic trophies, just a ridiculous amount. League One, Premier League, Bundesliga, Serie A, La Liga. He's won everything in EFIX, England, France, Italy, Germany and Spain. He's won all the titles there. Like, who does that? He's won, the, he's won the title in every major league in Europe. That's just, yeah, no. that's, that's yeah. just incredible. Shout out to Carlo Ancelotti. Yeah. Yeah, big up to him. Only thing he hasn't won is the Scottish Premier League. That's the next one you need in your trophy, Carlo. You need that in your cabinet. Give him a shout and see if he goes to South for Rangers. <laughs> Cool. You are absolutely deflated, Ash. I think it's time. Yeah, I'm, I'm shattered now. <laughs> it's been a long season. It's been a long podcast. Um, and um, we're going to take a little break from talking football as the football season has come to an end. Um, but I'll be popping up with a little something. something. I'm not going to talk too much about it now, but you know, you, you'll hear it when you catch me next time on the BRB channels. Um, cooking, yeah? Something cooking. A little something, something cooking up, you know what I'm saying? A little gumbo in the pot and then one's there, you know? Yeah, no, I rate that. But no, big, like, big shout-outs to everyone who won something this season. Big shout-outs to everyone who's tuned in. A big shout-out to Carl, man. Like, listen, this podcast doesn't happen without you, man. So, yeah, just, just here's your flowers, here's your honours. And then, yeah, like, a break is much, much, much needed. Um... We can have a summer holiday, a bit like the players. And yeah, we'll see um, see what the next steps are. There you see go. All right. Um, well, uh, I think that's you signing off. I'm ready to sign off as well. I might have a, another little bit of lemon in my uh, alcoholic. Mm. <laughs> another lemon in the beer, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm quite like it now, actually. Because non-alcoholic beer doesn't taste great. But as soon as you put a little bit of lemon in it, it's like I mean, like I drink a lot of lemon. I drink a lot of I drink a, I drink a lot of lime water. So in the mornings, I'll have a glass of lime water, and I try and have one in the evening as well. Um, 
so I understand just that little bit of infusion what it does so I'm a big believer in citrus in a drink is there any particular reason why you go for lime over lemon yeah lime is just I think lime tastes nicer in water than lemon does Oh, fair enough. I thought you might have something scientific behind that, or some nutritional knowledge, maybe. It's meant to speed up your um your your metabolism as well. But you know what's weird, yeah? I feel like limes are underrated. Everyone goes for lemons, but like you can't be a good lime, mm. and they don't taste the same. People be like, they taste no, they don't. They really, really don't. They really, really don't. I usually only go for lime when there's no lemon, personally. See, now I lead with lime. I lead with lamb, but I'm a weirdo anyway. I realise that I'm, I'm a quirky, I'm a quirky mofo, but yeah, it's all good, man. Why not? I might uh, research the nutritional properties of lemon and lime and see if Come I on. should add some lime into my diet. But uh, as you may have heard in the background, the ice cream man just pulled up outside my building, so I'm gonna go get me an ice cream and call it a day before he goes, and I'm gonna catch you guys. On the next one. Peace. Peace.